Hi friends, we have a bit of a different kind of episode for you this week. We ran into a snag uh, in which I got sick and we didn't record during the week and then the weekend came and Diana got really sick. You can probably still hear the, uh, the, the nice raspy timber to my voice, um, but Diana is in bed and has been sleeping all day. We were supposed to do the first part of our Christmas episode and we are so sorry that we can't bring it to you. But I wanted to make sure you got something this week, so we're doing something very special. Sorry for uh, the kind of weirdness going on, but I think you're really going to enjoy what we have coming up. Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I'm your brother and GM, Zach. And I am your younger brother and player, Gavin. And this is a very special guest episode. I guess I should have said I was the older brother, huh? I don't think it really matters. So, as you can tell, uh, that's not Diana on the other end of that mic. That is my younger brother, Gavin, of the Chasing Chocobos podcast. That we do together. That we do together, yeah. both of us. It's not, um, I don't just do the podcast, we do it together. With our other brother, too. Yes, with Jacob, who uh, I did not drag into this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Gavin? I'm doing just swell. I'm excited to be a part of Heart Points for an episode. I'm really excited, too. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, Diana woke up this morning and could barely talk and was like, we're not recording today. And I was like, no, we're not. But I still wanted to get something in. So I was like, well, I guess I could do like, I could just do like a 15 minute, like state of the pod address, or I could text Gavin and see if he wants to play an RPG with me today. And yeah, I'm very happy that it fell on today because I didn't have work today. And now I just get to play RPGs. It was a very auspicious happening. So yeah, uh, Gavin and I got in touch and we started uh, talking and trying to figure out what we were going to play. And at first, we both kind of like got really excited about the idea that we could play Torchbearer. Uh, I've been wanting to try Torchbearer one-on-one, and I miss Torchbearer. I haven't played it in a long time. So uh, we dug into Torchbearer, and we started building a character. And about an hour into character creation, we got to like Gavin choosing his gear. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot how armor works. I forgot that Torchbearer uses the conflict system. There's no way we can do anything in Torchbearer in an hour that is going to make <laughs> me feel, like, satisfied. Right. Uh, so we ended up switching over to Dungeon World. We're going to play good old-fashioned tried-and-true Dungeon World. But we're going to be playing with the essentially the character Gavin made for uh, Torchbearer in a setting that we have played in Torchbearer before. It's this uh, high-seas kind of... Um, Bahamian uh, Caribbean setting, uh, which I don't think we'll probably experience too much of. I think we're going to get straight into the dungeon. But uh, Gavin, why don't you tell us about your character? All right. So the character I created, his name is Aster. He is a human thief. I don't know why, but a lot of the characters I play in RPGs are thieves or criminals. 
I just like the aesthetic of them. And these are good. I, I, I just really like how you can do anything with them. Yeah. So he's very dexterous and very manipulative. And I hope I get to be manipulative in this game, but I'm probably just going to die in a dungeon. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. He has two daggers and some leather armor and a bow. It sounds like he's very traditionally roguish. He's kind of charming, kind of a dick. Yeah. So <laughs> the look I have for him, he's just very common, but he's got shifty eyes. So I like the, the, like people will see him and just, just like, he looks pretty weird. But as soon as you talk to him, he's like, oh, no, I'm very, I'm your friend and very like, in your face but like getting what he wants okay cool being very friendly about it when we say thief are we thinking like that he is like has he always been like a grave robber as a thief like a a a, to pardon the term tomb raider uh or did he kind of start off robbing people oh definitely started off in like petty crime like just kind of like pickpocketing people and like breaking into houses when people aren't home and like taking valuables and stuff. And then I feel like one day he just heard someone talking in one of the pubs and was like, there's a huge treasure in like this cavern underneath the ocean. So he got in there and took the treasure and kind of fell in love with dungeoneering. Cool. Can you tell us about the scarf that he wears? Oh yeah. So he has this scarf that, a lot of the time he uses to cover up his face. It was imported materials. So a lot of people don't really have like, I don't know, I guess an equivalent would be like silk way back in the day. And it's a very valuable scarf, which now come to think of it. If people see someone wearing a really nice scarf, like they're going to be like that dude stole from me like a week ago. (laughs) Like, cause no one else is going to have this material of a scarf, man, I'm a bad thief. Well, uh, maybe maybe it's something that you've kind of adopted a little bit more since you've started your dungeoneering days. Maybe it's not something you wore on the job when you were more of a, a thief thief. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe I found it, and that's like my thing now. I wear this scarf that I found. Ooh, okay, cool. I like that. Um, so maybe you don't even know what it's made of. It's a it's an unknown material even to you. Yeah, I like cool. that. One thing that we are also doing is because I I did not prep for a one-off episode today, we are trying out using the Perilous Wilds uh, Dungeon World supplement written by Jason Lutz. It has a dungeon generator. It has a random dungeon generator with a lot of tables that help you build a dungeon on the fly. You can use it to either randomly generate on the fly or use it uh, as a structure to build up dungeons. And I've had success with using its structure to build dungeons intentionally and like know what I wanted out of the dungeon and and use it as a way to kind of create improvisable dungeons. Uh, And I've had success with that, but I've never used the random tables to randomly generate a dungeon. And we're trying it now. And I think it's going to be good. I'm pretty happy with what I developed just by randomly rolling on tables and using those to spark some ideas. In this setting, we are in the Seas of Siddhartha. Siddhartha is a 
wild land um, composed of four major islands and hundreds and thousands of tiny smaller islands dotting the sea. And these islands have been thrown into chaos ever since the Imperial Elves uh, essentially abandoned their colonies here, leaving the humanoids to struggle without a major governing body. And for many, this has been a blessing. This has resulted in freedom and the ability to do what they want without imperial rule. But it also means making your own way in the harsh and terrible climate of the Siddharthan Seas. Aster, you have been making your living uh, as a thief. This is all you've ever known until you started focusing on more adventurous pursuits. It is one thing to pick a pocket or even burgle a home. It is another thing to dive into the ancient Imperial Elves' aether wells and steal their magic that they left behind when they fled a hundred and so years ago. Who were you fleeing from when you stole a pontoon boat and fled? Definitely. I feel like... Aster saw someone get off his boat and he jumped on it and like the the captain of this ship or the owner of this this boat saw him and started like running after him but like Aster's like trying to get away as fast as he can. Did you intend to go to the island of Foros the wizard? No definitely not. Magic is not something that Aster's comfortable with. You hopped on this boat and took off. Did you have any goal in mind? Any location anywhere that you wanted to get? Or did you just want to get to a different island, get to a different place? Honestly, I just wanted a boat. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you stole this boat and you made it a few days doing pretty well. How's your sailing? Not great. I'm kind of learning on the fly. (laughs) And that got worse when a storm hit. I'm sure it did. (laughs) And knocked you terribly off course until you saw a small island in the distance. And you could see that uh, this island had what appeared to be a structure on it. Um, It looked like there was something built here. And if you don't make landfall, you're going to capsize in this storm. I think that's a good idea. So... Let's land this boat. All right. Do you think you need to roll for that? I was just thinking that. Um, <laughs> I, would, I, I would like to see a defy danger. Um, do you want to... What do you think is the best stat for safely docking your boat? Maybe dexterity? I'm thinking either dexterity or strength to like pull sails and mm, steer. To struggle against the wind and the storm? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think you know enough about boats that your knowledge isn't a problem. I think the storm is the big issue. So let's go defy danger plus strength. Okay, I got a nine. So yeah, you managed to get your boat in, but it smashes against some rocks on the shore and has caused not irreparable damage, but some significant damage. Man, I just got this boat. It's gonna take some time and some work before you can get this boat off the island. But at the very least, you are not going to sink and drown. Well, that's good. That's probably my least favorite thing to do. You can see here on this island that there is uh, a hill, 
um, the the island goes up into a hill. It's a very small island, and it looks like there are stone ruins at the top of this hill. I want to go up the hill, and I want to try to see what this island kind of has to offer from on top of the hill. Like if I could get like an aerial view of everything and see okay. what's good with this island. Yeah, that sounds like you're trying to discern realities. Do you want to roll now or do you want to wait until you get to the top? Well, I did it now. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get? I got a 10. All right. So you get three questions uh, and you can hold on to those until you get to the top or you can ask any of them now as you are making your way up this uh, stony, boulderous hill. I want to ask one now, which is uh, what should I be on the lookout for? I think normally you would want to be on the lookout for any inhabitants of this island that would seek to do you harm. But you're looking around now, and there's not really any place to hide as you approach this, uh, this, these stone ruins. This place is so small that if there was anything living here, it doesn't appear as if it's going to try to do you any harm. That's good. And the, uh, the rain is still pouring down, driving rivulets through your hair, uh, like pattering on your, uh, the top of your head as you reach the top of this hill and cross what was once a wall and has been cracked down. When you look around you here now, you realize that many of the stones that you've been walking over as you crawl up uh, were in fact bricks. They have plaster and mortar on them. Some of them are connected to one another. There was a structure here that has been destroyed. And you cross this wall and you find yourself in a square what is left of a building, right? And you can see where there used to be walls, uh, where there used to be like a floor plan here, but it is wreckage now. It's all completely destroyed. There is no building here. There is only the remnants. Uh, The highest that the wall might stand at any point is five feet. And there was obviously a house here. Uh, There is furniture. There are, uh, there's a rotten table, there, there's all kinds of, of little things, but no one living here. I would like to ask a question. All right. What here is not what it appears to be? There is an entrance to a cellar. I open it. When you open it, you find a stairway leading down out of the rain. Okay, I, I will go down that stairway. Do you have, well, you have adventuring gear, yes? Yes. It is very dark down here. Well, let me get some light with, I don't know, a candle, I guess. All right, spend one adventuring gear, and uh, you you light a candle and carry it down this big stairway. I should rephrase that. It is narrow, but very deep. And when you get to the bottom, there is a large opening, and there is a skeleton here. Is it moving? No. It lies at the base of a large brass door. It has uh, wizard's robes and cloths, and it clutches a staff in one skeletal hand. I would like to ask another question. You may. What here is useful or valuable to me? Is that staff worth anything? It is a fine but fairly standard wizard staff. It is nothing that. that... a a pretty well-off wizard wouldn't be able to afford. It's not worth my time. 
I'm here for the big bucks. <laughs> I like how like you like just barely managed to survive and now have stumbled upon a mystery and you're only like, I'm going to make some cash here. Yeah. All right. I found a secret doorway with, that led to a giant brass door with a skeleton's or a wizard's skeleton. There's going to be some gems behind that brass door. I kick it open. It does not budge. Well, <laughs> let's see here. I think I believe I have a move that will help me pick doors and disable traps uh, called tricks of the trade. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and use that. Oh, you rolled before I told you you could. All right. Well, I clicked. I'm still I'm I'm sorry. I'm actually just getting used to roll 20. It's been a very long time since I've used it. I didn't even meet mean to roll it. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I just accidentally clicked it and it rolled. Roll 20 is so good for uh, Dungeon World. Well, you did roll a 12, which means normally you would be able to easily pick this lock. But when you go to approach it, you notice that where the lock is and the door handle, there is a sigil painted in blood uh, with runic symbols scrawled around the sigil. And then what appears to be like a like a streak of blood as a hand fell down it. And this sigil like is pre- this. preventing you from unlocking the door. All right, so th- it's got like wizard this skeleton has like wizard robes and stuff. Yes. I take the I take like the robes and I try to wipe the blood off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it is old and uh dried and crusty and when you rub the wizard's robes against it uh you manage to uh to wipe some of these sigils away and uh, break a, a line in the circle does the door open you can try it again all right i'm gonna go ahead and try again yeah it pops open nice Mm-hmm. i don't like the, the way you said that yeah <laughs> oh no i'm scared <laughs> but um, i walk through the door When you open this door, you find yourself in what looks like a library, a a pretty decently sized room lined with books. Uh, There's a desk here, and on the other end, there is a hallway leading further down. It's dark, but there appears to be a type of glass lamp here standing in the library. Is it lit? No, it's not. Okay. But if you... This, that is sketchy. Yeah, no, it is unlit, but there is a lamp here, and the, it is a decently sized library. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light the lamp, or like put my candle in it or something. Maybe okay. get a bit more light and see what the deal with this library is. Yeah. You, you light this lamp, and the uh, library is, is lit, finally. And you can see, you know, all, all of these books, so many books, a, a desk in one corner with some things scrawled across it. And you do notice that uh, quite a few shelves of these books have just been knocked over and sprawled across the floor. And that's, I think, all I'm going to give you without uh, either a discern realities or something else. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to discern realities. You said there is a large hallway. Yes. Like, um... I'm just going to go down that hallway. Aster can't read, so he doesn't care (laughs) about the library. Okay. Something skitters down the hallway away from you. I get my bow out and I chase it. Oh, okay. You reach a T 
there is a left and a right, and it sounds like the skittering is coming, is fleeing down the right side. I'm going right. Wait, when you say skittering, it's not like, how big would you say, like, because you can tell how big something is by the noise it's making, right? Is it like um, a rat, or is it like a I small humanoid? I would say uh, it is tap, tap, tapping um, in a chitinous way along the stone floor. It's heavy. I go down the right hallway, but cautiously, but I'm still chasing this thing. You enter, or, or rather, uh, down the right, right hallway with the light of your candle. You cannot see far in the distance, but you eventually reach a room with uh, a, its door open. You run into this room, and it is large and full of treasure chests. And in the center, uh, it has it has these tra- uh, rather it has like luggage trunks and chests piled up on the like against the walls there is a door here on the other end and in the circle there's this uh there's like a or in the center of the floor there's a circle it looks nothing like the one at the front uh but it you can tell it is some sort of spell it is sort of some sort of um runic spell i'm very torn on what to do here because i really think aster would just dive into this treasure head first but I am in a dungeon, and I heard skittering, so I bl- I think I'm going to discern realities here. Okay. Well, that's not great. Yeah, man, there's a ton of treasure in this room. Well, Look at all these chests. I know, it's overwhelming. I, I do not care about this spell sigil in the middle of this room. I'm going to start popping open some of these luggage things and see what I can get. Okay. Since... I want to make sure that you are aware of all of your moves. You do know you have a move called Trap Expert, yes? Because I do Aster, now. Aster would know he is a Trap Expert. Okay. So I just want to make sure that you know that, that Aster is a Trap Expert. All right, well, I already rolled for Discern Realities. I feel like I'm cheating if I rolled Trap Expert now. I like to hear that. That's the kind of thing I like to hear. I'm... I'm gonna go ahead and just be like, everything seems fine. It's been abandoned <laughs> forever. What could possibly be here? I guess he was just like too overwhelmed with so much gold, so much, so many things that he could take that he just kind of forgot to check for traps. I'm very happy with that. I'm less happy that you're happy about that. <laughs> so, Aster, what, what does the chest that catch your eye look like? The chest that you decide to go to, or the trunk, or whatever container. What does it look like that you decide to go to? The plainest one is the one he actually goes to. Because the people, the ones that are already that like extravagant, the, those don't have anything in them that are worth it. It's probably just like fancy clothes. I want the stuff that common people think are very worth or that like common people think is worth a lot Mm -hmm. because that what's that's what sells you go to this chest this this plain looking it's like a it looks like a green luggage trunk it is very plain um it's got some uh fraying on the edges and you go to it and you put your hands on the lid and you open it and inside you see that the lid the inside lid is 
covered in sharp white teeth. And there's a tongue lolling oh about. God, it's a damn in, mimic. Inside the, the chest. And two black, night black arms spring out from the sides and grab you. Uh, I'm, go- I'm gonna stop you right there. I have a move called shoot first. I'm never caught by surprise. When an enemy would get the drop on me, I get to act first. Oh no, what? <laughs> Alright, yeah. rude. Alright, so you are you are fairly not surprised and uh, that makes me feel a bit better about not letting you roll trap. Or, <laughs> yeah. I see teeth and I'm like, oh god damn it, not again. <laughs> <laughs> and these, these hands are, are springing out for you. So I guess my question is, when this happens... Well, what, what do you do when, when these teeth are there and these hands spring towards you? I feel like my first instinct would be to try to close it. Just like, nope, <laughs> just close it real quick. But, um, so I'm going to try to close it, but like get my dagger and like stab it closed. Ooh, okay. All right. So you are hack and slashing? Yeah. Question. At what point did you put away your bow? Probably when I went to go open it. Like I probably like put it on my back. And, like, opened it with both hands, you know, like, okay. to undo the clasps. All right. I'll allow it. Uh, all right, roll hack and slash. All righty. Deal eight. Uh, or I got an eight. So that means you deal your damage, and it makes a move against you. So I rolled a six. Okay. Uh, yeah, you um, slam your dagger into the uh, top of this mimic and try to shut the uh the trunk and you uh you hit it pretty pretty hard uh but it also since uh that was precious seconds of you not diving away these humanoid hands that i am picturing as looking like they are composed of a jet black slime mold strike out and dig their long claws into your sides roll 1d8 yeah, so I just rolled damage because my damage is a D8. Yeah. And I got an 8 for that one. All right. Take, oh, 8 damage. And this mimic has its uh, its claws in you as it uh, starts to stand up on these same, oh, like... I have, yes? I have one armor. Oh, okay. I only take 7 damage. <laughs> <laughs> it is starting to stand with uh, with you in its grip. All right, I'm getting my other dagger, and I'm just going to start stabbing it in the side, or wherever I can get it. I will also remind you that you have poison. Oh, right. And you have three uses of that poison. All right, so my poison is, what's it called, Serpent's Tears? Yeah, yes. anyone dealing damage to the, tar- uh, to the target rolls twice and takes the better result. So I'm going to go ahead and try to use that. It says touch. I'm not actually sure what that means. Like, I just use it? Yeah, you need to apply it to the thing that you're poisoning. Hmm. Okay. You know what? I think in this situation, I just got stabbed in the side. I'm just going to start stabbing it. I'm not thinking about poison right now. Like, (laughs) it's fight or flight right now, and I can't flight, so I'm stabbing. Okay. Roll hack and slash. Well. Oh, no. That is so bad. (laughs) That's very bad. (laughs) You go to stab it again, and when you drive your daggers into its hard outer shell, they barely enter into it. They they dig in uh, just a quarter of an inch before they hit hard, solid mimic shell. 
And this thing lifts you up as it stands to its awkward, gangly uh, legs. And it throws you across the room, slamming you into uh, these stacks of other trunks. Take a 1d8. You've got to be kidding me! <laughs> oh, Aster. Aster's going to die. <laughs> Alright, so I'm at five health now. Did you start this game with a health potion or anything? Nope. Yes, you do. You have one healing potion. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so as I got thrown across the room, I'm just like writhing in pain and I try to pull out this potion and just well, down I don't it know. as fast as I can. Yeah, Is that I don't, possible? I don't know if you're going to be able to do it right now. I was I thrown think... across the room. Yes. I yeah, probably exactly. got a little bit of time. If that's your prerogative, I guess that's fair. Okay. You are thrown across the room, hit these stacks of trunks, and, like, slide down. Your first thought is, I need to get my health potion? My first thought is, I I goofed. (laughs) (laughs) And your second thought? I I need to get away and heal and not die. Okay. So, to that end, are you trying to get away first or are you trying to heal first? I... Did you increase one of your stats when I told you to be level 2, by the way? Oh, no, I don't think I did, actually. Because if you make your strength 13... Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Yeah, so my, I think the first instinct is, yeah, I, n- I need to run. I think as you get up, all of these onyx black gooey hands start emerging from the stack behind you that you've been thrown into. Oh, no. So I would like you to uh, defy danger to get away. I think this sounds like speed and quick thinking, so dex, right? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. That's good. Got so you, that 11. You dodge uh, out of the way um, into that like circle in the center of the floor, and you are equidistant between those claws coming up and the standing mimic before you. And there is uh, the open door you came through and the door on the other end. What do you do? I'm going to the other end. Okay. There's still gold to be had. Brave man. No, I'm just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you, you run to that door and it is unlocked. That's good. I didn't think about that. Hey, let's check for traps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to uh, very quickly check for traps? Yeah. All right. Why don't you do that then? All right. I got a 10. So, what is this? Spin your hold as you walk through an area. Is there a trap here? If so, what activates it? So I guess here's my question to you. Which is more interesting to you? Is it more interesting to you if this door is trapped? Or is it more interesting to you if it's not and you get to go through? Because you're the one, you want to roll trap expert. I could go either way. Honestly, like Gavin wants there to not be a trap. So Aster can just get away. I think this is probably trapped though. I feel like everything in this place is trapped. I feel like a lot of things in this place are trapped. I don't think this door is one of them. Awesome. I, th- I think that it is locked. Let's 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 revise and go that the door is in fact locked. Okay. So not trapped, locked. Let me try to unlock it by using tricks of the trade. Yeah. Okay. I do it. Got an eight. Alright. The GM will offer you two options between danger or cost. And your options are danger or cost. 
or suspicion danger or cost so your options are danger or cost which uh which which do you think this comes at the price of probably danger because there's mimics behind me but you get it open as these uh mimics are approaching um you you fiddle with that lock as fast as you can and you pop it open and uh on the other side there is a dark room because i'm presuming you dropped your candle at some point probably yeah you are in a crypt dark room first things first i'm shutting this door behind me fair second thing i'm getting my health potion because i i really feel like if anything were to happen i'm dead i have five health all right so uh you heal uh you pop open that health potion what do what do health potions taste like in siddhartha Probably not very good. I would imagine it kind of tastes like cough medicine, but more herbal. Okay. So heal 10 HP. Nice. I'm at 15. As you chug down uh, this uh, this glass uh, health potion. Let's light a candle. Okay. Oh, uh, well, maybe not okay. As you, as you finish drinking this health potion in the... the pounding of your heart and the chugging of in your throat leaves your ears you hear in the darkness in front of you a i don't like that let's let's try to be very quiet if they can't if they can't see me i'm probably okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> making a lot of assumptions here. Look, if my alignment is chaotic. I can't have a plan. Would <laughs> would Aster know anything about mimics? Maybe. What would that role be? Spout lore. Uh, that would be spout lore. Let's spout lore. Nope, I'm really dumb. Nah, I don't know shit about mimics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why why don't you think you know anything about mimics? Do you think mimics are rare, or do you think that uh, are mimics of this realm? Do you think? <laughs> Aster doesn't know much about mimics. He knows they exist, and he's definitely encountered them because he's a dungeoneer at yeah. this point in his life. I imagine they're um, pretty popular security methods for wizards. Right. Like I said before, Aster does not like magic very much. He kind of doesn't trust it, so he hasn't looked into it. And just be, He's just like, they exist. I'm going to try to get away from them if I have to. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That moaning sound in this room is getting closer let's unleash a wall of arrows (laughs) all right uh roll volley all right i got a nine so with a nine i deal my damage and choose one you have to take several shots reducing your ammo by one you have to move to get to your nope not moving you did say uh you were going to unleash a wall of arrows into the darkness (laughs) so i think Reducing my ammo by one is probably the right thing to do here. Yeah. Roll your damage. My damage is an eight. Dude, my eights are always eight. All right. You hear a a thud as something hits the floor on the other end of the room. I'm going to shoot another arrow. <laughs> I'm not taking chances. Okay. Yeah. Wait, actually, I have a question. I, I, I have a question first. Okay. Uh, you told me to start with a bundle of arrows. Yes. How much is in a bundle? Uh, so in uh, Dungeon World, your ammo is abstracted. So your ammo is maximum at three. But you only lose ammo if you choose the... You reduce your ammo by one. Okay. So I'm at two. Yep. Okay. You want to shoot actually, into the darkness again? No, no. I'm I'm actually going to light a candle now. 
all right you can hear some uh you can hear like this like sliding movement on the floor but it's much slower and it's you can tell it's pretty far away from you as you fiddle uh, in your bag and get out a new candle lose one from your adventuring gear and when you light your candle you see on the floor in front of you what appears to have at one point been a cleric but whatever has happened to this human cleric has made it something else creepy the helm that this cleric wears is now lined with tiny moving teeth as a long tongue like lulls about from out under the helm uh, around its face small uh, like uh, limbs composed of that black fungal flesh um, emerge from beneath the cleric's armor and bind its hands to its mace and it is full of arrows now as it tries to slide across the floor towards you and is trying to slowly rise up i'm putting more arrows into this thing (laughs) all right so here's the problem you have a candle in one hand and you have your bow in the other you have to put your candle down Will it put it out? That's always a risk, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Aster doesn't think about that. He's just seeing this monstrosity in front of him and is opening fire, for sure. So do you just drop the candle? I, I set it down, face, face down, so it like I can hopefully see. And I'm going to shoot. Look, I hit this thing pretty hard with a lot of arrows. That's true. In the complete darkness. I can do it with a little bit of light. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's say I missed. (laughs) All right. I think you, you set down your candle and you go to take aim at this monstrosity as it slowly rises up to its feet. And then what happens next takes you by surprise as no, it it doesn't. Well, hold wait. (laughs) Well, it (laughs) takes you, it surprises you. You can still be surprised. You, can, you can't be taken I'm, by surprise. This says I am never caught by surprise. You're not being... Well, dang it. <laughs> that is so aggressive. Uh, dungeon world. Then I'll make a soft move instead. Okay. This thing moves much faster than you expected it to and Uh-oh. dashes at you. It closes the distance on you in a, in a heartbeat as you are taking aim. And it swings its mace towards your head. What do you do? Oh, I'm going to try to uh, defy some danger here, I think. All right, yeah. Let's defy danger with, what do you think, dexterity? Trying to, like, move out of the way? Yeah. I got a 10. Nice. Uh, so what do you do? So it's swinging, like, horizontally at my head, or is it coming yeah. down? I duck real quick. Okay. And I want to pull out my dagger. Okay. And I'm going to just... Dabbing him in the belly. All right, roll hack and slash. What the hell, dude? <laughs> I miss. I guess I just. Dro- oh. I guess I just dropped my dagger, and I'm like, oh, gotta get that first. <laughs> Do you want to actually fumble and drop your dagger? I'm okay with that. I ducked, and the only way I could feasibly miss is if I dropped my dagger. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what happened. You are you are so unnerved by the things that are happening right now that yeah, as you as you draw 
your dagger, uh, it slips from your hand and skitters across the floor. Not skitters, like skates across the floor, whatever. Right. And I think this thing takes another swing at you. I guess I'm dodging again. Got a nine. I think that if you manage to get out of the way, something bad is going to happen to your bow. To my bow? Yeah. Uh-oh. Hmm. I think the ugly choice is if you dodge out of the way, your bow is on the floor. As like I think you dropped your bow as you went to get out your dagger. And you can dodge away, but your bow is not going to make it with you. I, I think that's okay. All right. I'll, I'll drop my bow if it gives me enough time to like regroup, get my other dagger out. Mm-hmm. And open up for another uh, swing with my dagger. Yeah. It's a little okay. worse than that, though, as the mace comes down and misses you, but strikes the spot where you just were and snaps your bow in half. Oh my god, I'm gonna murder this mimic cleric. But you have your dagger out. Uh, yeah, I'm stabbing this guy. Like, in the neck. Uh, roll hack and slash. Well, I'm gonna try at least. Alright. Mixed success, I'll take it. Yeah, uh, roll your damage. All right, hoping for, I was hoping for an eight. But. That's enough, though. As uh, so, where where are you aiming for with your dagger? So you know where like your collarbone meets like the base of your neck. Yeah, right there. All right, yeah. You dig your dagger into that spot, and you feel it push through this soft, like mushroom texture. Finally, you hit a point where you just feel a little bit of a pop at the end of the blade. And this figure, this cleric, goes limp in front of you and falls to its knees. How's that uh, mace looking? Is it intricate? Is it bejeweled? It is is a fairly fine mace. It is also bound to the cleric's hand with with the weird tendrils of this black fungus, which um, you can try to remove if you so wish. I'm going to... I want to see if I know anything about this black fungus. Okay. Can I... Uh, what, what would that be? Would that be discern realities or spout lore? That'd be spout lore. All right. I'm going to spout lore and see if I know anything about... I, I'm a genius with fungus, <laughs> apparently. What you recognize is that this is the same material that composes the flesh of the mimic. All right. So it's just flesh? I'm, yes. I'm cutting, it, I'm cutting it away and I'm taking this mace. All right. One thing I will remind you is I know you don't play a ton of Dungeon World. Uh, the mace isn't going to change your damage at all. Or actually, oh, um, certain weapons not, can actually give you plus one. So that's I'm actually not, not going to use it. Oh, okay. Oh, you're taking it just to, to, as an item? Yeah. It, it is a memento. I killed this thing, and now it's got a... I had a okay mace. Maybe I can sell it. Maybe it can be a mantelpiece. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah, you are you are more than welcome to do that. And worst comes to worst, I can use it if I lose my daggers. Yeah, there would be other stuff on this body as well. Okay, let's. Uh, what does he? What does he have? Uh, he has about thirty-five gold pieces. Yeah, I take all of it. As well as as well as the uh, large fine mace. Yes, and, it's all mine. Uh, when you stand up from looting the body uh you find yourself in a room that there was obviously a terrible fight in there are scorch marks on the walls uh a desk appears to have been cleaved in two and there is 
burnt papers that were previously like you can see that there are papers and notes uh, pinned to the wall, um, many of which have been burned to ash, as well as uh, many like glass jars, some of which have been smashed. Where are the exits? Uh, There's the door you came in and uh, there is another door in front of you. I'm going to keep going. The next door is unlocked and through it is a another room with shelves there is a large table in the center and there are two doors on the other side and on these shelves are bell jars uh, glass jars with sealed lids and large glass cases terrariums is that word and there are items in these jars and terrariums uh swords and daggers and books and is there a bow yeah there's a bow in in a long terrarium on a bottom shelf all right first things first i'm checking for traps okay. i'm trying to find if there's gonna be another mimic is a mimic a trap or is it an enemy both fair so i got an eight yeah you get one hold you get to ask one question <laughs> Is there a trap here? If so, what activates it? Yes, there are lots of traps here, and they are activated by opening the glass. So if I open the glass like it's supposed to be opened, then it activates the trap. If I break the glass open, it might not trigger the trap. That's an assumption one could make. And I think that's the assumption Aster makes. He kicks open the terrarium with the, uh, the bow. <laughs> I hope I didn't give you bad information because you do do that. And uh, the glass shatters and uh, you there's the bow there. This fine, fine uh, wooden bow. He's expecting a trap mm-hmm. at this point. When you reach down and grab the bow. The bow's a mimic. All of these black tendrils, uh, ending with barbed-like teeth, reach out and dig into your hand. Take 1d4 damage as they dig into the flesh of your hand. <laughs> That's a four. Sure is. It's a, it's only, I only take three, though, because yeah. I have armor. But all these tendrils dig into... Uh, they they pierce your leather gloves and dig into your flesh. And as as you like rip your hand away, this bow is digging into your flesh. You can't let go of the bow. Dang it. What do you do? Actually, I'm going to take the mace and smash this bow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Roll hack and slash. Actually, you don't need to roll hack and slash. You are. Well, that's good. It, yeah, no, it, this thing is stationary and on you and you're swinging a mace at it. You're not going to miss. You swing your mace and you smash it in half, but not before those uh, barbed tendrils rip through your hand for another 1d4 damage. Damn, dude. Yeah, I'm going to punish you for that miss. <laughs> Yo, what's going on? And- roll 20. Roll 20 hates Aster. I have taken damage. I have gotten a 1d8. I rolled an 8. 1d8. I rolled an 8. 1d4. 4. And guess what? Another 4. Roll 20 hates your character. Oh my god, apparently. So, um, you have smashed this, uh, this bow mimic in twain. What do you do? I'm gonna look around to see if anything can be consumed 
to heal me because I'm at nine health again. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, okay. Why don't you roll discern realities to see if you can find anything in this room that is genuine? Oh, well, apparently not. Nope. I think. God, roll 20, please. Through, through. <laughs> so we established that there's the door you came in on. And then on the other side, there are two doors. On the other side of the room, there's two doors. Right. Through the door to the left, you hear this like groaning, moaning, the same as was coming from the cleric. You can hear it coming like right on the other side of the door. Can I hide? It's not coming through the door, but it is for sure there. I think it like thuds against the door a little bit. What I'm thinking is no matter what, if I go through the, actually, no, I'm just going to go through the other door. Oh, wait, wait, no, I'm checking for traps. <laughs> go ahead. Check for traps. Well, doesn't matter. Roll 20. Wants Aster dead. Uh, you didn't take the advance move where you, no, that's right. You took a, you can never be surprised. Oh, but that's good because you can never be surprised. So when you open the door and are greeted with a massive six foot tall maw of teeth and tongue, you're not all that surprised. I shut the door. Roll to defy danger to shut the door in time. Dexterity? Uh, yes. Well, what do you think? Is this to shut the door in time, or is this fighting against the tr- the uh, the mimic to shut it before it can th- lash out with its <laughs> black tongue? This light, I think it's I open the door, see teeth, and try to shut it as fast as I can. All right, I'll give you Dex. Hell yeah! Yeah, you uh, you slam that door closed. And I think you like actually like slam the mimic's tongue in the like in the door, and uh, you can see like the like thin hands like starting to like creep out from behind the door. What do you do? I am going to go to the other door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's check for traps. Um, this door is not trapped, but you can still hear the moaning coming from the other side. All right, so I'm expecting another one of those cleric, like, half-human mimic people things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my plan, the first one I've had in this uh, <laughs> entire scenario, mm-hmm. I'm going to open the door but kind of, like, hide behind the door, like, so it doesn't see me. In anticipation, it will come through the door, and I'll get the drop on it and stab it in the back. Okay, cool. That is my idea. Yeah, that's a good plan. And you hear... You hear it stumbling through before you see it because you're hiding behind the door. And when you do see it, it is a massive, yeah, like six foot tall orc woman uh, dressed in leather armors, similarly disfigured to the cleric. Uh, her armor is the like a leather uh, barbarian vest that has these like spider-like fungoid limbs creeping out from it like waving through the air looking for prey uh those tendrils reach up and cover her face and dig into her eyes as this massive tongue lolls out of her mouth uh and she holds a massive battle axe in her left hand change of plan i see that does she notice me she does not i'm gonna sneak by her okay and not fight this massive warrior woman because I'm almost dead. <laughs> okay. You sneak past her into the next room. Or rather, do we want to make you roll for that, you think? No. <laughs> How would we do that? 
let's roll plus dex to make sure you just, just to make sure <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no um all right you go to sneak past her and the creaking of the door as you try to like sneak around it and close the door behind you alerts her and with one massive swing of her axe she levels the axe at your head what do you do i'm gonna try to duck (laughs) all right roll plus dex defy danger plus dex please don't decapitate me oh my god wait did that add i don't think it added it so that's a seven plus dex Uh Okay. All right. What do you think? Uh, I think there is no longer a door, so I can't run. I like that. But I don't take damage. Yeah, I like that. Uh, her uh, her axe smashes into the door and rips the door off its hinges. And uh, she stands in front of you uh, with this uh, huge battle axe. What do you do as the as the door goes like flying into splinters? I'm running. Running into the room. Uh, man, uh, no. So, uh, yeah, because I don't want to fight in a doorway. This seems... Oh, oh, wait, no. She's bigger than me. I'm going to fight. All right, and you're in the doorway? Are you, like, looking in the other room, or, like, how, how's how's this working as you're in the doorway? I feel like I'm on the other side of where, like, the door would be. Yeah. Like, she came through into the other room. I'm where she started from. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of like looking at each other through this doorway. All right. Yeah. I think her right leg is has been completely replaced with this black fungal material. And she raises back and she goes to kick you with it. All right. I'm going to move to the side and stab the leg. Okay. Uh, let's do... Why don't you defy danger plus dex first? Oh, baby. Oh, dang. 12. Uh, all right, yeah, with a nat 12 plus two decks, uh, I'm going to say you can... Uh, I'm kind of tempted to just let you deal damage. What do you think? I, I like that idea. All right, uh, deal your damage. Well... Okay. Not great. Yeah, I'll chalk it up to being of the fungus leg that I stabbed. All right, yeah, you dig into this uh, this fungal leg, and uh, you just kind of feel your, your knife just pierce into it, and she barely even reacts. Uh, as she lowers her leg uh, and goes to swing her axe at you. What do you do? Well, I'm dodging. I think you can try to attack first if you want. If you want to, like, hack and slash. Bef- like, I think she is taking a moment to, like, rear back. I think you can try and get in first if you want. Or you can just try to make sure that you're secure and safe. You know what? No, I like that. I like being able to attack first. Let's try to deal some damage. Let's hack and slash. All right. Well, not not good. Roll 20, please. She uh, brings that axe to bear on you as you uh, try to get in an attack first. Could you please roll 1d8 damage? If this is an 8, I'm going to be very angry. (laughs) Well, Well, I'm still not very pleased. (laughs) It's 7. Yeah, so take 6 damage. Oh god, I'm at 3 health. And uh, yeah, she uh, she cuts you across the chest with this uh, with her axe, 
And uh, I think uh, some blood spills from beneath your leather armor. <laughs> I think a little more than a little <laughs> spills out. I think I'm basic. I think I can see my heart at this point. And you can see at this point, you can see like through that other door, the door that she well door, through the doorway where there is no longer a door. There is another floor sigil, um, a massive floor sigil. And this is one that you recognize. This is one that the Imperial Elves used to use as a transporter to uh, move materials from one place to another. Would I know how to activate it? You could spout lore. I'm going to spout lore then. Okay. You know that to, you know how to turn it on. You don't know how to aim it or if aiming it is even possible. You think it might just be a one-to-one tunnel or it might be any number of things. It could take you anywhere. Well, anywhere seems better than fighting this orc monster. I do it. All right. Uh, why don't you roll decks to get to it? Because you still have to get past this orc. Okay. I rolled an eight. All right. You run to this this sigil in this room and you go to activate it. How do, how do you activate it? What what like what special thing does a person have to do to activate this? I'm gonna say oh, the first sigil was made out of blood, right? Yes. I trace some blood into it. Uh, yeah. You you put some you put some of your blood down your uh biometric material, and um you see it start to glow like the this. The symbols begin to glow in a circle around you as this orc stumbles slowly towards you, her axe dragging across the floor, her this deep moan coming from her open maw. And then suddenly there's a flash of light, and you can't hear her anymore. Things smell different here. It's no longer the dark dampness of that crypt. It's a mildewy smell. It's a moldy smell. And the sounds that you hear are strange, and um, you feel the open air against you. And when the blinding light passes and you can see again, you find yourself in a field of black fungus, giant mushrooms towering above you, strange myconoid birds flutter through the air as shelled black fungal creatures skitter through the jungle. And I think we'll end there. What did you think, Gavin? I think Roll20 hates me. Yeah, that was... That's for sure. That was cruel. Yeah, any time I took damage, except for one, I took the maximum amount of damage. That was rough. Also terrifying. I wasn't expecting mimics. I was so happy with the mimics. I thought that turned out very well. Yeah, that um, shoot first really came in handy. Yes, it did. That was great. Yeah, a lot of that was, not all of it, but a fair amount was randomly generated. All the, like, the whole prompt for that dungeon was randomly generated, uh, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I thought it turned out quite well. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, me too. So thank you so much, Gavin, for joining us this week and being our first gameplay guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you joining us. It Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we apologize again that this wasn't a normal episode and that it wasn't even our Christmas special episode. Uh, I'm pretty sad that we're not getting started with the Christmas e- episode, um, and I'm sad that Diana wasn't able to join us, and I'm sad that our first guest episode was born out of necessity for us being sick. But all that said and done, I think it turned out really well. I'm super happy to have had my brother on to play with us, and I think it turned out well. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We want to give a special thank you to Zach B., our editor, without whom the show would not get made. Uh, Judging by the length of this episode and the last-minute nature of us getting it to him, this episode might come out a little late, so we'll see how it goes. Thank you, Zach B., for everything you do. I want to give a thank you to In Love with the Ghost for the song Chilling at Nemo's Place. If you liked the episode, please make sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at HeartPointsPod. Please hit us up. Let us know what you thought of the episode. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Gavin, would you like to plug anything? If you like Final Fantasy and you like Three Brothers, I would recommend checking out the Chasing Chocobos podcast that Zach, my brother Jake, and I host together. I don't know why that was so drawn out, (laughs) but uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, We're fairly new a couple months old so if you want to check it out we'd all really appreciate it yeah you can find that at chasing chocobos on twitter uh the basic premise is that every week gavin jacob and i meet after playing three hours of a final fantasy game uh and we try to see how long we can do that we're gonna try and play and beat every final fantasy game ever made and we're currently on final fantasy 3 and we hate it so thank you so much for joining us thank you for tweeting about us and leaving reviews thank you for your support in every way until next time have a very nice day but like a very very nice one 